I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. <laughs> You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Welcome to For the Lord of the Zoraju coming to you on Tuesday, August the 2nd for our 72nd episode. We are still chugging along. Pretty soon we'll be three quarters of a century old. That's pretty cool. And with me, same as usual, we got Joe as well as Vince. How are you boys doing tonight? Doing Man, great I, as always. No, you're old. I didn't know you were that old. I said the show is. Shut up. Why? <laughs> Come up with new material. Come on. <laughs> Even Joe called me a young lad the other day. I did, and it confused the shit out of you. It, it kind of did, yeah. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Is that a wrong window? That was a mistell is what that was. <laughs> okay, one of the uh, most interesting pieces of news that came out just recently, I thought was interesting, was just because it's not often Nintendo will say, we kind of screwed up. Because they will roll with shit, even when they're selling you your fourth DS just because it's pink and it has a Hello Kitty on it. They don't care. And yet this time here, we're seeing already a price cut coming for the 3DS. It's going to be dropped down to $169.99 on the 12th of August. That's the U.S. price, of course. Now, there's going to be some other bonuses as well. If you've got, if you're granted, quote unquote, ambassador status because you already paid for yours and they don't want you being upset that you paid full price because you're a jackass. Um, but you're going to have your choice of games at that point that you can pick up. Um, I think it's fairly interesting, not just because of this, but also because, um, Ur- is it Urasar? Who the hell, what the hell is his, his name again? I didn't put it in the show notes, but I, I read it. Um, anyway, the president of, C- of Nintendo is taking a 50% pay cut. Now, he's not going to be a poor man, let's be honest here, but he's taking a pay cut, as are the two right below him are taking, I believe it's a 20 and a 30%. You can call me a liar if you know the exact figures, but based on the lackluster sales of the 3DS. Yeah, and I mean, you, we don't expect this from Nintendo. I mean, regardless of how good the system is, Nintendo console always sells well at first, at least. It's not until you know a year down the line when they realize they have a cube of worthlessness Joe has nothing? Of worthlessness. I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, fine then. Uh, again, I think that it's uh, it's interesting just because it is so soon after the 3DS came out. Now, that being said, too, taking this into consideration and taking into consideration the new games that are going to be coming out for it, is the price cut enough to warrant you actually picking one up now? Yes. Joe? Yes? Uh, yes. At $300, there is no way in hell. Um, at one sixty nine ninety nine, yes, there's a very good chance that I'll actually pick one up. There are some interesting titles that I wouldn't mind having for it, um, but that price really was what was keeping me away from it, especially where it's going to be a buyer's market very soon, and we're going to have such a large choice of what we can pick up for handhelds. 
yeah, at one seventy, I can see me buying one. At three hundred, there was no way in hell. Yeah, the price is right, but I'm still hanging back and waiting for the inevitable light version. I obviously I'd wait for the next version as well before I pick this one up. It is uh, had they come out with the price this price initially i might have picked one up but the problem is now too is that we've seen the the problems with this one and when i say problems not everybody's going to think that it's problems but i think that if you know you can only hold it at a certain angle for extended periods of time and all that bullshit kind of thing then to me that's that's a problem and and hopefully some of that can be rectified in the next edition that comes out and then if they hold true to this price point then at that point maybe yeah it is actually something that that's worth picking up because by that point as well we're going to have more games that are definitely going to be worth playing kind of thing because it's just right now there there aren't enough games in my opinion to still warrant that price point especially looking at what's coming on the horizon for us in terms of the Vita and then the um, the Wii U, if anybody's interested in picking that up, I know I won't be. But uh, but yeah, so I, I it's, even at 170, I, I still can't, I still can't do it. I said consider it. I didn't say I'm going to. True, true, true. And yeah, it is uh, Satoru, Satoru Iwata. Sorry, I forget some of the, the, the Japanese names. They're cool as hell, but I can't always remember them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving away from Nintendo news, let's talk about some Diablo news. This is interesting because um, we kind of talked about this on Sunday. Joe actually is not aware of that because he wasn't here and I haven't released that episode yet. It's coming, folks. Give me a break. It was like three days ago. <laughs> Two days, actually. I swear, we, we had the news ahead of time. Yeah, so we actually talked about this somewhat on Sunday. Ironically, it was like immediately after where the news was confirmed at that point it was rumors for us but there's a just a metric crap load of of internet frenzy right now based on what is going on with diablo news now if you're not actually aware of it actually i'm gonna let joe tackle it and we'll start with the auction houses and then go from there Okay, if you haven't heard, in Diablo 3, there's going to be two separate auction house systems. There's going to be one that deals with nothing but in-game currency of gold, and then there's going to be one that gives players the ability to sell items for real-world currency. Um, basically, you toss an item up on their internal auction house for money. It links to an account, probably to a PayPal account or the account that you have linked with your, uh, your U.S. Battle.net account, and you can basically taggle real money back and forth. Um, this has caused quite a bit of <laughs> stir um, on both sides of the camp. Some people are really for it. Some people are really against it. Um, some people think that this is going to be a good idea. Some people think this is going to be these, you know, nail and blizzards coffin, quote unquote. Oh, that's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. But some yeah. people think the sky is falling because everybody's fucking chicken little. Um, so what do you guys think of this so far? I'll let you go first, Vince. All right. Well, yeah, as we... Uh, touched on Sunday, but we didn't go into that depth because we weren't entirely sure and no point in, you know, making a huge big deal out of something that wasn't confirmed yet at the point. For me personally, A, for me, it's not that big of a deal because I'm probably just not going to use it. I have no interest in buying items and anything that I, any really awesome item I get that I have no intention of using, I'll probably just give to one of you guys or my girlfriend or something. So I, I, I don't see myself using the system. The system itself, I have no problem with. I mean, 
like like the, the the main argument here is it's going to happen anyway. So who cares if Blizzard puts it in? I mean, it's it, a lot of people are like, oh, it's a cash grab by Blizzard, you know, because they're going to get a percentage of it. Like, well, at, the way I see this is, yeah, OK, I'm sure the money side of things is definitely a contributing factor, but I definitely see it more as, you know, a security measure and really protecting their customers for me. See, I actually I'm I'm I'm, I'm for it. I think, in fact, I'm like really for it because, like you were saying, point blank, this is going to happen. There's going to be sales. I mean, it's a Diablo game. Let's well, be let's, honest. Let's here. face it. It's been happening since Diablo 2 on eBay and everywhere else. There are sites oh, yeah. created to, devoted to nothing but exchanging in-game items for real cash. Exactly. So it's going to happen. Now, the people that are saying it's a money grab, <laughs> where have you been the last little while? Okay, because <laughs> Blizzard puts out freaking sparkle ponies for 25 bucks, but you're going to complain about this that you can potentially actually make money for to buy those freaking sparkle ponies. The thing is, is that you can actually use the money that you're going to get there the way that i read it and in fact it's it's not quite clear yet however what they were saying is that it's going to be essentially pooled unless until you kind of cash out and take your money and then you can use it on various blizzard products as well theoretically you can pay for your wow membership with whatever sale you get from monies in diablo 3. I like that a lot because the thing with WoW is that even though at various points I get to the point where, okay, I need to break. I've had it, which is currently I haven't been playing for a little while now because I reached that point. Um, but I stopped playing right bef before 4.2 and I would like to see that content. I would like to do it in a way where I'm not having to deal with, you know, pugs and whatnot and just kind of bounce in and, and do them. But I'm not going to start my membership up just for that so if i can keep the membership going but it's not actually costing me money it's just whatever few drops that i get in d3 that i don't want i slap them up and if i make a couple of bucks in a month i mean even if it just knocks down the membership price that's a good thing so there's there's all those good things and then i look at it in terms of okay you're going to get some people that can again use that whatever money or whatever time they put into yeah there was a phone call hoogs second half. <laughs> what we're pro all of a sudden the phone doesn't ring Hoogs like what's a phone call I've never what is that we still have one of those rotary things anyways back to the program at hand um i think that it's going to allow people to actually make more use of their time and something that they can p potentially make money. Well, they're not going to make a small fortune, but again, even if it's just enough that you can make, you know, enough that you can take a, a chunk out of a monthly MMO payment for some people, that's going to be great. And for us who play a crap load, it's going to be fantastic, you know? So I see that point now. And, and it's it doesn't change. I still think it's going to be great, and I'm all for it. But to play devil's advocate, the only problem I see is that what's going to happen is that we're going to have a lot of people that are going to put all of their, you know, awesome items only on the real cash one. And then what's going to happen is that the in-game one is not going to have nearly as much good good stuff in it. That's my only real concern. See, I think it's going to strike a balance point, and I think what's going to wind up happening is I think everybody at first is going to rush and try to toss up, um, you know, everything on real money, trying to earn money right away until they realize that 
you're flooding the market and you're really getting 20 cents or something, whatever. And then people are going to eventually shy away and be like, well, I could get more gold for it in game. I think it'll reach a point of equilibrium. Um, like you guys, I- I'm actually really for this. I mean, it's going to sound really bad, but I, you know, back in the days of Asheron's call, I used to sell gold when I had extra on eBay so I could like, you know, buy booze when I was in college, you know, I mean, that, that's what I did. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I, and Sony did this years ago, right? Sony did this with, EverQuest with selling of in-game items through their own internal auction house. It's a measure of control. It's a way that they can see where what's going, who's doing what, and try to maintain account security by embracing something that's inevitably going to happen, bringing it in-house, and trying to make the best of it. Also, like you said, with them taking that small cut from everybody that posts a real world or, you know, a real cash auction, um, they have the ability to start lowering fees on their other games and things like that. So it becomes part of this whole big system where they can actually just, you know, make it better overall. Um, did you guys see the part where they're talking about limiting um, the number of auctions for real money that can be posted without a credit card? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's got to be some sort of limitations in there. There is. There's going to be a limit. So weekly, you're going to have a certain number of free real money auctions that you can have. The number is undetermined right now. Um, But unless you have a credit card on file, uh, something that they have that they can verify your identity with, you can only list so much. So that takes farmers out of the picture because they can create a thousand accounts and do what they want with it and try to and try to finagle the system. But they just made that whole thing a whole lot more difficult for them because they want to do that. They have to they have to start revealing bits of their identity. It's going to it's not going to solve the problem, but it might actually, you know, throw a curveball in their plans. But I think that we're still going to see most of the people are going to have their credit card information on there. And so I don't think it's going to deter a lot of people from trying to make some money in there. Again, like you're saying too, I think that what's, I think that people are going to have to realize real fast, nobody's going to make a fortune here. We're, we're, no. we're talking nickels and dimes, people. You're really not going to make a lot of money. The thing that I, 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 I was talking to my son about this and he thought it was fantastic. You know, for him, 14, to think I can go into a game and make a little bit of money, even if it's two bucks, doing something awesome. Okay. That's a comic book. That's almost a, damn near. That's a, almost a <laughs> digital comic book uh, but uh for us i mean for 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 an actual adult with a job you, you know that it's only going to be a couple of bucks that you're going to exactly. get you're not going to get a lot but what the way that i look at it because i'm seeing both sides of the coin and this is an argument that i've had with people in regards to wow as well in regards to buying items and wow now for the record i have never bought an item in wow if i had i'd admit to it why because at this point you know it's it's not a big deal if you buy a, a little something i'm not talking all the goals from the farmers because they hack accounts and all that and i know that some of the you know if you buy a freaking bow or whatever maybe it was stolen from somebody but whatever anyways so the only reason i haven't is because i ain't given some freaking schmuck in a factory that's making five cents an hour my credit card information to buy something okay <laughs> if it was like joe and joe said listen i got this like chess piece like the one he was supposed to give me once that never did and i'll give it to you if you can it's in the you mail know, you can, yeah, oh, I should fuck. get it by Christmas. <laughs> when did this conversation happen? I'll, uh, I don't remember that. That's the one for my hunter on my birthday. So there, mister. It happened. Well, no, it never did happen. Moving on, though. But if it was someone that I knew had said that and they said, you know, drop a couple of bucks on my PayPal and you can have it. You know what? I would have. So with this here, it's that kind of thing where, and they said it as well. If you don't have the time to play quite as much, you can buy what you need. And if I get to max level and there's an item that I want that I can pick up for, you know, even five bucks. And it's something that I would really like and it'll save me the trouble of having to grind for it. 
I'll buy it. So I'm seeing both sides here. And I think that's fantastic because again, for me personally, I see no, no negative side other than what I said about the, the in gold auction house suffering somewhat. Okay, so moving on, there was the other nude as well. News as well, <laughs> another nude. You can never have yeah, enough of those, is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, but there was uh, the other news in regards to the offline play. You will not be able to play this game solo in offline mode like you did with D2. Do either of you eh. care about that? Eh, at this point, everything's so connected anyway. It, yeah, it's not that much of a surprise. I actually am a little disappointed, not hugely disappointed, but I am actually a little disappointed because it's one of those things where if you've got a laptop with you and you just are somewhere and you just feel like playing kind of thing, D2 was nice for that. You could just, you know, up and play wherever and just keep an, a, a character that you play local, whatever. And there you go. You can still enjoy the game because it's not an MMO. It's not about community. It's not about all that bullshit. It's just about bouncing in go kill your Mephisto run, you know, kind of thing, and then have some fun, and that's it. So I, I'm kind of disappointed that that won't be in there. Per I, go ahead. Personally, uh, I, I think that they put this out there, and I think that there's such a strong reaction that this does have the potential to change at least a little bit. And the only reason that I have to say about that, or the only reason I have to say that is because everything else has said that people have raged so hard against especially something like this the community the forums are alight with people just like i can't just play offline what happens if i lose internet what happens if i you know have you know time to play and i want to play this game but i don't have connection what if i'm moving what if i'm in an airport things like that um i, I think that this might be something that they're going to change especially considering that their competition in the form of Torchlight. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, which will uh, will be like, yeah, you want to play offline? Go right the fuck ahead. It's all good. You know, so, I mean, they're going to have to take that into consideration, too. So they actually have serious threats out there uh, as far as, like, taking away from Diablo 3, whereas before they didn't, I think they might actually reconsider that offline mode. I, I can understand people being disappointed in it, and that's a perfectly you know valid opinion because there there are situations like you say where you you know you're on the go, you might not have access to to online play. Personally, again, for me, I don't care. I'm always plugged in unless something catastrophic happens. Um, but what I find, which has then your phone comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> Hold on, I'm holding up a lightning rod. <laughs> What what bothers me is some of the people I'm hearing raging the most and the loudest about it, about how, oh, no, it's Blizzard, you know, just trying to control how we play the game. And it's, it's you know, it's all just about anti-piracy and not about you know, anything else. Like, well, I know for a fact these same people download crap tons of games off of Steam. So, yep. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's no different. Okay. But Steam does have an offline mode. Uh, but it, it's... <laughs> It, it's it's the same concept though to me I mean, I, the thing is is that not everybody is always connected okay it, 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 so it's just one of those things where it will be a pain in the ass for some people and and i may very well be one of those so and and so i'm kind of disappointed am i hugely disappointed no am i is it going to stop me from buying it no because i saw that leather bound collector's edition <laughs> and even if that's not real i'm pining for it <laughs> so um there was a video actually i had a video who edited that out of the show notes? Probably me. There was a video that was leaked. <laughs> Seriously, dude, between you going on and me trying to coordinate, I, I was kind of going in and out, so I probably didn't save after one. 
But there was a video that was leaked. Actually, there have been several now, the, the beta videos that have been leaked. Now, the one that I saw, which I'd be playing right now for the folks in the audience if it was actually here. Um, it, I don't know. Did you guys see the videos yet? I saw the the main video uh, with you know them showing off the combat from the different classes. That's really yeah, that's the, the one I'm video. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that one, Joe? I did. Okay, Vince, what did you think about it? No, be honest I, because I, I, I'm going to be I, brutal. <laughs> I I can't believe I'm saying this, but eh, <sighs> I mean, really, like there. This is a video. That I mean, there's a freaking wizard shooting death rays out of his fingertips, and it just seemed boring to me. I mean, oh, here's the witch doctor. Watch him run around in circles and throw pots at things. I mean, from what little we've seen of Torchlight 2, and yep. this is the comparison that has to be made, that just looks more fun to play, plain and simple. Like, if this is, the, you know, what they're showing off for Diablo 2, where's the hordes of monsters? Where's, you know, the walls of fire? Where's where's the game? I mean, it's just a couple, it's just the characters using a couple of skills repeatedly against small groups of monsters. It, it just wasn't interesting. Here's, the video does not do the game justice, and I'm actually very surprised by this. Having played the game firsthand, what you see in that video is not indicative of how fun the game is. The game is actually a ridiculous amount of fun. And classes like, you know, the Demon Hunter, they're ridiculous when you start chaining abilities together in certain ways. Um, the video is just lackluster. They really need to take a page from, like, all those Ion videos that we saw back in the day where it was, like, really awesome even though the game sucked and just make really awesome videos about this stuff because the game doesn't suck. The game is actually a lot of fun. It's just what they're showing us. I, I don't know if they, they, like, they just hired, like, a monkey to, like, put clips together and, like, throw it up online, but it's not doing it justice. I have all. a pot. I'll throw it at you. Don't make me throw this pot. Oh, you. Oh, I got another one, too. And another one. It was it was terrible. I honestly yeah. I watched that. And like people have to understand how big a D2 nut I was like I got told by the wife to slow down, <laughs> not play quite as much because that's all I was doing justifiably. And so like I really, really love that game. And I've been looking forward to three insanely. And then I see this and it's like, you're kidding like really this is crap it was terrible and it made again we see the stuff that we saw from torchlight 2 which looked awesome it's just absolutely fantastic and then you compare to the two because again like you said you have to compare them and torchlight 2 won't have everything that um d3 will in terms of you know the the depth and breadth of it and whatnot, but and and story as well because again D three has that pedigree that it's hanging on to, so there's going to be a lot more of that. But from what we've seen of Torchlight two still in terms of just going in and having fun, oh my god, it, it looks like Torchlight two is going to wipe the floor with D three and be a damn sight cheaper as well. Yeah, yeah. and at least for me, I, I watched the video after. I, you know, I read all the information and honestly, again, from from the gameplay and the skill selection side of things, I was just really unimpressed, like them talking about removing the skill trees and just having everything there naturally scaling with your stats. I mean, I was the guy who sat there and studied skill trees for, you know, hours on end, you know, micromanaging my points and just I I can't believe I'm saying this about Diablo three, but I'm. 
I might not buy it right away. It just I'm it not as excited it, about it, it if that's it, what you mean as well. Yeah, it hasn't done anything with with this latest press release to really make me want to buy it, especially over Torchlight 2. I think with me, what it is, and it's a clear indication of how I feel about the game, is that I went from being so utterly excited for when it would come out to then seeing and hearing a little bit more. And now it's like, I'm looking forward to, but I mean, it's not something that I cannot wait for. Even the, the, the beta, I would like to get into the beta. I really would like to get into the beta, but is this something that is like, you know, the Star Wars that is like, I want the beta now, please. And no, it's not even I close to that. I would sacrifice a living being for the Star Wars beta. I would and, not and do yet, the exact same thing exactly. for Diablo. <laughs> exactly. So I think that they start to really, they need to really start ramping up the the, the, the the press releases and more information and do a damn sight better job on the videos because this one here did nothing to interest us. Okay, moving away from D3 now, how about we touch on some DC Universe Hell online? Yeah. Because we got a little bit of interesting news that just came through and then we got some news before that. Now, What's going on with DC is there's going to be a massive relaunch, read, not reboot, relaunch. And Don't that's going to be bad. Yeah. So I'm going to actually let Jim Vince tackle like the first part of that, talking about what that's going to mean for the game. Yeah. So basically in the DC comics, they're compressing the entire universe, you know, returning it really to its roots and just starting over with fresh new stories. Again, everything that has happened before is remaining in continuity. It's just they're focusing more on what's new instead of what's old. So a lot of DC Universe Online players really want to know how that's going to affect their game because, well, everything that has happened in the DC comics is very important to the DC universe online game. Many of those famous comic storylines are very integral to what goes on in DC universe online. So they, they came out and talked about how, yes, they are going to touch on, on, you know, the flashpoint and, and the relaunch in DC universe, but it's not really going to change the overall game. It's, it's kind of going to exist in its own little pocket continuity as of right now, where, yeah, you might see some cool little things change here and there, but the core game itself is going to remain as is. Yeah. There's going to be like the subtle tie-ins. I think they said is what really, yeah. me. like the little tiny overtures to what's been going on. But I don't think that they can do that because it's not not everything that's happened in the the the, the canon up until now is going to be in the new DC universe once the the reboot the relaunch occurs in September there are going to be some some fairly big changes to the characters and to different things so they are going to be like DC Universe Online is going to be completely different separate from that now whether or not like i mean yeah they, they can just say yeah but it's a different you know different universe so we're just going with the old and and not gonna have anything to do with the new the relaunch to me that would make more sense to to keep them completely separate because yeah. i understand that they can't make all the changes because i mean they, they they've programmed the entire game they've bought all the assets or developed all the assets they, they did everything they can't just go in and make the sweeping change as easily as they do in the comic book not that it's easy for the comic books but you know what i mean so i can appreciate that but to have hints of it well there's going to be some problems here because those hints Again, it's either all or nothing. You can't just put hints unless it's just going to be very slowly starting to make the same changes in the game as well. 
Yeah, like just one thing off the top of my head, let's say, for example, a couple of months down the line, you know, you're working, you know, on a Batman storyline quest and Oracle starts talking to you about how she's coming out of retirement. And all of a sudden, Barbara Gordon shows up as Batgirl and somebody new in game takes over the Oracle role. That's something that they could easily implement and start tying it in with the yeah. new revamped universe. And the thing is, is that I think that I think the freaking game needs this. Okay, That game is suffering right now. And I'm actually still playing. So when I bounce in and I see next to no people, okay? Now, granted, it, it could just be the realm that I'm on is not as populated. I haven't played on a bunch of other realms. But really, there's not a ton of people playing it. And ever since, of course, the hacking, there's been mm -hmm. even less, less people. people playing. Yeah. Granted, I literally today just got a freaking hoodie. <laughs> I survived the hacking <laughs> hoodie it's a black hoodie <laughs> with a skull with two swords <laughs> and it's an epic hoodie so yeah and you nice. literally get that and you get a feat for it too having survived the hacking so i thought that was hilarious and they actually literally just made some changes as well where the quest your quest journal is fantastic now as opposed to before it's it was actually awful before oh yeah it's awesome now i wasn't expecting it and i just bounced in and i looked and it was like oh ho, ho, ho now if they could just fix the freaking inventory we'd be set but no it was it's um they're making changes along the lines, but I think that they need that freaking flashpoint. I mean, I understand that they have a story that they're working towards now, and that's important because they've spent a lot of time and they, they need to lead up to it. And they are with this fourth update that it, it's come out now, and that is, uh, or it's going to be coming out. I'm not sure when it's coming out. Not positive. I might have actually already came out because I had to download uh, like a gig and a half today. But Pretty I didn't sure did. see this. Yeah, I think it did because the one of the changes as well is that there's now a four-man Batcave group combat alert that you can Which do. Cool. Yeah, as opposed to having to be in a, a guild where you can do uh, have eight people. Now you'll be able to just bounce in for four. So that's awesome. And then they've added some other stuff. This this one here is huge because they're doing the stuff at the Fortress of Solitude, and it's it's going to be interesting because again, it's it's another eight man group thing. So that's you know I I, I won't probably get to do this for quite a while, um, but it's going to be interesting because your group works with both. Superman and Lex outside of the Fortress of Solitude fighting Brainiac's forces until you get to the Fortress of, of Solitude. I would assume at that point you go in and fight someone important. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> going to be like, you know, you have to push Brainiac back or something. Yeah, so it's going to be fairly epic and there's going to be some new tier three raid armor that's going to be coming out there's going to be some uh, new death matches and uh and some some new character customizations they're making a big deal about it and it's new body sizes and and i checked it out well new character bodies yeah but you know what i checked it out dude it's really not a big deal they're they're yeah. all the same except you you still got your, your 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 big dude your medium dude and your kid only now each of those has three settings and so i mean it's really Nah, it's not a big deal. So, go ahead, Vince. And the, the armor, I'm sorry, the armor looks like crap. Yeah, I'm <laughs> actually was, not impressed. No, like, especially if it's supposed to be, you know, the best armor available in the game, and it just looks goofy. But I'm not, see, that's what I've been having a problem with in the game as well, is that I'm not big on everybody having a freaking S on their chest or their back on the cape or the Batman wings or <laughs> everybody having those iconic symbols. It would be so cool if they had implemented 
other symbols make some up for the new heroes or whatever. And and like, there's a lot of people that are original that are that do a lot of different things, but then you're seeing so many freaking, you know, with the Superman splashed on them and it's like, ah, I, I I'm not into that. Yeah, that is one thing I liked about the uh, the Green Lantern update, how they said, "Okay, you have the powers, but you're not a member of the core." So when you get, you know, the epic Green Lantern armor, there is no Green Lantern logo on it. Yeah, I do like that. So it, again, I can see how right now they're ramping up towards the what would be the end of the storyline that they use as a selling point for DC Universe Online. Um, I mean, obviously, if they're hitting up the Fortress of Solitude already and and Brainiac's forces, I mean, it's going to be they could probably wrap this up in another couple of updates. So then from there, if they start working with the Flashpoint stuff, I think that the Flashpoint stuff is so interesting that it can actually grab the attention of people and maybe hang on to them so that they'll actually continue playing the game. Because again, we're getting damn close now to when we're going to have the Old Republic coming out. When you factor in those updates from DC Universe Online. So I think that they have to plan it out well so that they, again, slap that Flashpoint in as soon as possible so that you can retain those people. But then again, you know, there's also the possibility of, you know, the other side where the game has attracted a lot of people who don't read the comics and who don't really know the characters. They just saw, oh, cool, new superhero MMO. They're trying it out and they're liking it and they're learning about the characters as they're playing the game. So... It's possible that, you know, that shift to the Flashpoint universe can possibly alienate some of those fans. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how exactly it plays out. Yeah, especially because Lee is such a proponent of both Flashpoint as well as DC Universe Online. So he's going to have his hand in there to really stir the pot. And I'm very curious what he's going to do because he seems to have a decent business sense as well. Okay, moving away from DC Universe Online now, you boys have both been playing Catherine. As I said, I have not. <laughs> but Vince, you were going to give your thoughts on it. All right. So, yeah, Catherine, crazy Japanese sheep game. <laughs> it came out, <laughs> came out last week, and I was very anxious to pick it up. Uh, I've played through a good bulk of the game by this point, and I am absolutely loving it. Um, the story is fantastic. I mean... And it's cool because I am pretty much of Vincent's age. So a lot of the thoughts he's having, you know, not the cheating part, get get that out of the way, but a lot of the other thoughts he's having about, you know, life and commitment and things, I can see where he's coming from on a lot of these things. So at least for me personally, there there is some extra interest in the character. And of course, the story is completely outlandish uh, with, you know, him having ending up with both girls and it's <laughs> the 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 animation, the voice acting, it's all superb and it just plays out in this insanely quirky, awesome way that I, I'm really into it. Like I'm rushing to get through the nightmare stages just so I can see what happens the next day with the girls. And I, I was talking uh, after I played the demo about how, you know, you can make the choices throughout the game. And, you know, when you're talking to the girls and sending the text messages and this and that, and it does not affect the way the story itself plays out. The same events are going to happen. He's still going to sleep with the same people. But what it does affect is Vincent's reactions to the events. You know, when he's stuck in that predicament of, OK, I have one girl in bed and the other one's knocking on the door. It does change how Vincent himself reacts. And regardless of which one he 
picks. It's freaking hilarious either way. And then it's also going to be a huge factor on determining your ending. There's actually eight or nine different endings to the game. So I'm going to play through this several times and I'm going to enjoy it because the gameplay itself is freaking crazy. I, I, I can't believe just how mind boggling it is and difficult. There are certain stages where I was restarting 10, 15, 20, 30 times before I managed to defeat the level. Thankfully, I was able to, you know, get enough continues. I was able to reliably make it to the checkpoint each time, at least. So I was able to stockpile some extra lives and I needed them. And it's pretty much covered. Oh, God. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> I just ha I have to mention the bosses. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And one that I can only refer to as the ass monster. The big ass monster. Literally <laughs> a big ass monster. It's the second level boss and it's called the immoral beast. Now imagine, if you will, the lower half of a woman flipped upside down with gigantic, you know, mascara, huge lashes, eyeballs, a huge fanged mouth where the more interesting bits would be, a tongue that would make venom jealous, <laughs> chasing after you, using her upside down legs as feet, periodically spreading wide and spewing hearts at you to cause damage. I, I don't know what bizarre corner of this de designer's minds they tapped into, but my God, I, I saw this thing and I had to stop for a second. I go, did, <laughs> did that really just happen? And then I sent I, Joe on a search to look for this thing. I, I, I got to that part and I died. I failed because I was too busy laughing <laughs> because it was so hysterical to see a giant fucking woman ass coming at you with like, there it is. Yes. Just, just charging at you and like shitting hearts all over you. And I just sat there like I, I was like, I just put the controller down and I'm just dying. I'm rolling and I just died. I'm like, yep, that was worth it. Yeah. But I, despite all the craziness involved in the game, there actually is a really solid puzzle game in there. And that that makes me happy that it's not just flash. There is some substance to it. The puzzles are awesome. Um, they are they are very intricate, too. Um, and it's all like the, the 3D uh, puzzling is really, really well done. Um, there are many stages where I've had to reset as well because I just couldn't figure out the right friggin path. Um, but it's just kind of awesome. Uh, and you get rewarded as you go through and you collect it. I believe they're like the little feathers. Um, like you, you get like your performance is evaluated. And I've seen some speed runs with people just going completely through it. Like they know where everything is. But trying to figure it out is ridiculous. There are blocks that will eat your face. There are blocks that will disappear from you. It's just it's ridiculous. And it is a lot of fun. It is a very, very solid puzzle game in there. Very happy with it. Yeah. So, um Two weeks from now, uh, my future is going to be a, a full review of the game, so you guys can look forward to that. Until then, don't shoot the kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the ass monsters. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back with a lot more news. We've got some yet more Star Wars The Old Republic news that's just too much damn fun. we got to talk about it. So beer break, wine break, whatever you got to do, and we'll be right back. The dead... The dead ain't gotta worry about this mess. Our world, she's done. 
but there's a way to put it back together. So better get ready, cause mother only knows what's out there floating on the rocks. Beasts what don't know up from down. Fragments of the old world. You bring them back. And together, we're gonna build something grand. And remember, you ain't in this alone. That's a promise. A couple weeks ago, Microsoft kicked off 2011's Summer of Arcade with Supergiant Games' action-adventure title Bastion. And the first thing you'll notice about Bastion is the aesthetics. The game is simply gorgeous. All of the graphics have a hand-painted look to them. Many of the colors are incredibly vibrant, but balance out with the darker tone of a world on the brink of destruction. It just looks great. And as the player navigates through the levels, the world literally builds itself beneath your feet. I never once got tired of just watching this beautiful world put itself together. And the music, it almost leaves me speechless. The soundtrack has a largely Western feel to it, but mixed with elements of Eastern instruments and even a bit of industrial music. All the different sounds meld together beautifully, and it really enhances the overall idea of the game. To put it simply, small downloadable titles are not supposed to have soundtracks this good, yet Bastion excels at every single track. Even before the actual game starts, this one is a winner. Now, the game itself starts with the hero, named simply The Kid, waking up to the end of the world. A disaster known only as the Calamity has fractured the planet and killed most of its inhabitants. The kid's only hope is to reach the Bastion, a safe haven where everyone was to gather in the event of a disaster. Unfortunately, when he reaches the Bastion, he finds it almost entirely uninhabited, barely more than a small rock floating in empty space. The kid, guided by an old man, sets off on a quest to gather the fragmented parts of the world and rebuild the Bastion. The old man, named Rux, serves as the game's narrator and is easily one of the highlights of the entire game. His voice is nothing short of fantastic, a great fit for the game. And beyond that, he doesn't merely recount the story. He reacts to your actions in the game. Whether it's discovering a hidden item pulling off a particularly smooth move in combat, or simply falling to your death, the narrator is your constant companion in an otherwise desolate world. The game quite simply would not be the same without him. The gameplay is a simple action title, but is endlessly satisfying. You can equip two weapons at a time, bound to the X and B buttons, and can equip whatever combination of the game's arsenal you wish. The A button allows dodging, while the left trigger activates your shield, and the right a special move. Between the weapon and special move choices, there are hundreds of possible combinations, each of which is a viable setup, allowing the player to choose whatever they prefer. Weapons can all be upgraded, and you're able to choose which upgrades are active at any time, such as higher upfront damage or a damage over time effect. The possibilities are nearly endless, and the game encourages experimentation. 
Each weapon has a proving ground, a challenge which, if mastered, grants you that weapon's ultimate technique. As the kid builds up the bastion, various structures will become available, including a shop, armory, forge, and distillery, which allows the kid to gain special buffs as he levels. Again, choices on top of choices. As the bastion continues to grow, various inhabitants of the fractured world will start to show up. The kid learns of a war between two nations, and must continue to work on rebuilding their civilization, not just physically, but culturally as well. The story is surprisingly deep, and I don't want to give away any more here, but the end is simply stunning. There are no other words for it. Thankfully, this game isn't over once the story is complete. Bastion offers a new game plus mode, and you'll want to play through it again. Not just for the fantastic experience, but for the opportunity to do all the things you missed the first time through, be it unfinished proving grounds, or any of the game's various challenges which reward bonus experience and currency. You can even crank up the difficulty by activating idols to the world's deities at the shrine, further increasing your rewards. No matter how you look at it, Bastion is a fulfilling experience. I would pay the game's $15 price tag several times over and still feel like I got my money's worth. I sincerely believe Bastion should be in consideration for Game of the Year honors in a few months. Not simply downloadable Game of the Year, but Game of the Year period, right alongside games like L.A. Noir and Skyrim. It's simply that good. And we're back. As promised, we got some more Star Wars The Old Republic news. Now, this is something that we discussed ever so briefly on Sunday when we did a recording. So, again, you're going to want to download both episodes 71 and 72 <laughs> this week. But um, we talked about the new video that came out, which I'm going to put on mute so that the folks can watch it in the audience here. And it's a video for group combat now that's going to be taking part in, in again, The Old Republic. It's it's allowing us to see a little bit more of how the groups work and the dynamics that are going to be slightly different than the norm, especially when you're looking at tanking. And I thought it was pretty awesome. It's certainly not revolutionary, but it was pretty awesome. Joe, I'll let you talk about it for a bit. Honestly, it's just kind of nice to see how the different classes are going to start interacting with each other. And what was cool about it to me was not just how the mechanics are working together, but how much of a story is involved in the group quests as well. Um, traditionally, the group quests would be something that are like, you know, traditional MMOs are just elite monsters or elite content or instances that you just need a group to go to and don't necessarily have to do anything with the main plot of the story. Um, with this video, we're seeing that's not exactly the case. These these quests, these these epic quests, which is what they're essentially being referred to as, uh, are packed with a ton of story and unveil a ton of what's going on in that particular sector of space at that particular time. Uh, it was quite exciting for me. I don't know about you guys. I mean, the first thing that popped out at me is they said that they were doing this at level nine. That's yep. really early in the game for something of this magnitude. I mean, imagine running the dead mines at level 10. That's, well, imagine properly running the dead mines at level 10. <laughs> so I, just seeing that we're going to get stuff like this right out of the gates in the game, that's, that's pretty exciting. Well, they mentioned that too earlier with um, at the end of like Tatooine, there's going to be a big instance for like the Empire and, and stuff like that as well. 
The only downside that I'm seeing is that it's going to be, and I mean, we're in it for the lore. We're in it for the story. However, when you're looking at um, group quests that you're going to be doing potentially quite a few times, it may get to be too much having to listen through all the dialogue. I'm hoping there's going to be options to skip through the dialogue if everybody just puts in their vote of what it should be kind of thing and then have the roll and go from there because otherwise I think it's going to really slow down the instance. Again, picture yourself in those dead mines where you'll have to make multiple stops where there's going to be a lot of dialogue. I think that's going to really slow it down and it's something that I've been finding with, again, going back to DC Universe Online, wherein a lot of the um, the cutscenes and whatnot, you can't skip through them. So you're stuck through them every single time you do that instance. And it gets to be a little old. That's my only concern here. Yeah, I can. I, that's, I definitely have that same concern. But I also like the cookies they're giving you. How um, when we discussed on Sunday yeah, about the dialogue choices, where if your group makes a dark side decision and you make the light side decision, that still counts for you. But now we see an even further progression of that, where if your character is the one that wins the role for that dialogue choice, you get in different situations, either bonus experience or what they're calling social points. And from what I've heard, the social points, you know, they're kind of like, you know, PVE points in World of Warcraft, how you can spend it on stuff. So they are at least giving people a reason to replay these dungeons and go through those dialogue choices again because you do have the chance of earning some extra goodies on top of your loot. Yeah, I like uh, going back to the difference. Oh, that there when she lifts up the thing and goes and shoots it. It's like, oh, both my son and I were like, oh, how cool is that? <laughs> so yeah, we're seeing some different uh, some different mechanics from from these classes here in the video. So we got a trooper, a uh, counselor, we've got a smuggler, and what was the other one? The night. It wasn't a, was it a Jedi? It was yeah, it was a Jedi yeah. night. Um, what I really, what I took out of this, being that I like to tank, there, there was nothing in there for me in terms of seeing anything different for healing. But in terms of playing a tank, was that none of this having to keep telling your, your DPS to hold mm-hmm. back and wait until you get in there and get aggro. No, DPS is going out, assaulting people, and then from a distance, you're getting aggro on them anyway. Yeah. I love that. I, I like that you can have a, again, what I'm saying about the the, um, the the dialogue and whatnot and how it's going to potentially slow down the instance, at least the combat doesn't appear to be slowed down in the least. You're just rushing right through. And that's how I like to run an instance. Yeah, it's like you're playing with a paladin every time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, like the the one little gameplay thing that I liked, because on the Alliance or the Republic side, Alliance, Jesus, <laughs> on the Republic side, the one class that interests me the most is the Trooper. And we actually saw a lot of this instance from the Trooper's perspective. Yep. And when, when he started firing, you know, the armor piercing ammo, how long have hunters been asking for different ammo types in, in World yep. of Warcraft? So as a Trooper, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have access to at least two different ammo types. I would assume more as the game goes on. And for somebody who's very interested in the Trooper, I was really happy to see that. I really like the smuggler personally. Oh, yeah. I like I liked, <laughs> I liked the, the one scene that got me was where, you know, the tank is a little further back and the smuggler runs up and drops the, the light screen and like is ducking behind the light screen and like, you know, stands up and like 
throws his you know his little grenade out and then like ducks back down i thought that was kind of cool to have sort of that the, the see how the portable cover is going to work essentially that portable um, cover is a big one because i don't know if you felt the same way as i did joe when it initially was announced i was like eh, i don't know if i really am all that into that but now having actually seen it oh i love it i think it's fantastic oh, absolutely. and it's it's well done it's not overpowered um it's actually fairly small um, so it's nothing that's like, you know, everybody in the party can hide behind it without any interference. Uh, and it's very easy to like misstep and get out of it. So it's going to take a certain amount of skill to use it right. I'm okay with that. I really, really am. Yeah. I, I saw in the, in that one, one of the fights where he used it every time he poked his head above the, the screen, he was getting rocked. <laughs> yeah. I really liked as well. The, um, again, going back to the trooper, I liked it because it's allowing us to play, uh, a tank as a ranged class and that's something that we really haven't seen much of in any MMO you always have to be the big axe wielding or sword wielding guy with the the the, the uh, with the, the 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 shield that's right up close to the mob which is fine in most cases that's you know that's part of the allure of being a tank as well is being the one that's going toe to toe with the big ass dragon so I, I get that but it's nice to have a little bit of variety and that you can actually play a ranged tank is kind of freaking awesome i really really like that a lot it's a very interesting mechanic and especially because i do like tanking um that it's one that i'm looking forward to playing around with quite a bit yeah, well, again, yet again, with every fucking video that's coming out with <laughs> these guys, because initially I was thinking, OK, I'm going to have two characters because I do want to get them to the max level and play around and see what I can do with them and, and gear them out as best I can. And even though they keep pushing for alts, I was thinking, yeah, but I'd like to, you know, work through and I got my two, my, my good guy, and my bad guy. And now it's like I keep seeing these videos and it's like, I want to try that. I want to try that. And it's like every single one of them just is freaking awesome. With hundreds of hours of game Hundreds. <laughs> Dude, we are renaming for the lore. Okay, we're going to get away from that now because one of uh, the other... Uh, did you have more to say? No. Well, then shut up. And <laughs> one of the other games that I was just announced that I am really friggin' excited yes. for is... Telltale Games, which we spent most of an episode talking about the Back to the Future, um, is going to be coming out with a Walking Dead game. <laughs> okay, so Joe, I'm going to let you go on first about it, and then oh, I got some yes. thoughts as well. Okay, so Telltale Games will be developing Walking Dead based on both the comic and the TV series. Um, the Walking Dead uh, was going to, there was a recent interview at San Diego Comic-Con with Adam Kovic, who's a writer and designer of the project. Um, we learned a lot about like what their goals are, essentially. You're not going to be playing as one of the existing characters. Uh, you're going to actually be a separate character that was developed specifically by Telltale for this universe. The character's name is Lee Everett, and you're going to get certain points in time where you're interacting with characters from both the movie or the uh, the TV show and the comic book. Um, as an example, Lee Everett will meet Glenn and work with him in the first days of the zombie invasion. Um, they are using the comic book as sort of their Bible. It's sort of like how the the tome of everything that should be canon, uh, and it's all about surviving and keeping your shreds of humanity. Uh, in the time of the zombie apocalypse. 
choices will have an impact on your game huh. uh, where decisions you make in episode one may actually yes. come back to haunt you otherwise yes. in episode five. Way to go, Telltale Games. Way to go, Telltale <laughs> Games. Um, it's it's shaping up to be a complete, compelling, and interactive emphasis on that because this will play more like a game than any other Telltale game they've had so far. Story Adventure. Um, Telltale is essentially breaking away from just their, their clicking show to more of a gameplay style, which is so important in this. Um, they're also said that they're going to keep the game as open ended as the comics and TV series is intended to be, because right now the comics in the TV series are left where the universe is essentially infinite. You can bounce back in at any point in time. So after we get our five episodes from this, there might be more. There might be different characters. Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of information out of the San Diego Comic-Con interview other than this because they really don't have more to show us. But apparently at the New York City Comic-Con, we are getting a whole lot more information about the game, possibly even videos of gameplay itself. You know what I love about this is That's that the Walking Dead. Oh, dude! <laughs> oh man! What I love about this is that, and and this may not be what it, it you know how it was for them, but if I were at Telltale Games, I would have been looking at the TV series and seeing everywhere they screwed up. Because let's be honest, they screwed up in a lot of different ways. They did some things fantastic, but then they, they messed up so utterly in some other ways. So now they looked at that and they said, okay, well, how can we make the game that will be better than that? And the best decision they could have made is make it a Walking Dead game in that it's in that IP, but not with Rick and the crew. That is the best thing because then you're not having to worry about the continuity of everything you're not having to worry about staying true to those characters i mean you're having your own story being told in that that world and i mean granted it's it's just a zombie apocalypse world it's been done many times over kind of thing but the walking dead they've done it kirkman did it right and so by choosing to put characters new characters that we can care for in that world, you've already got a leg up because you're not having to worry about all that continuity and screwing it up like the, the, the TV series did. And then by just tossing in cameos periodically, those aren't cookies. Those are freaking massive cherry cheesecake size cookies because it's going to be so awesome to be able to do something with those characters, but then they don't overshadow your story, what's going on for you in that game. And because Telltale is finally getting it right, where the decisions that you make actually will have impacts throughout the stories, the, the episodes, now it really will feel like your game, like you are there, like you're Lee. That's huge. And then those little cameos are just you chilling out with you know rick or glenn as opposed to back to the future where you were you know you're, you're marty well as fun as that is part of the fun of being in the game was hanging out with doc and and seeing those and interacting with them and i think they could have done that without you being marty as well and that's what we're going to see here super super freaking excited for this screw rick and glenn can you picture the uh, the the episode where he runs across the governor or something like that, yeah. you know, that the cannibals, or, I, 
there's so many possibilities where they can have him touch on, on the comic established world and, and yet still do it in a completely different way. And are we going to start taking bets for which episode they kill off the little girl? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking they're going to keep her around for a little while. It's not Kirkman working on this. This guy seems like he's a little soft. I, I, I assume <laughs> nothing. Somebody is going to die. <laughs> Somebody's going to get a hurting. Now, the one thing that I like about this as well, but that also kind of will, I don't know, may throw a wrench in it for their cameos and whatnot, is that what he said is that they wanted to make it so that these people are living in that world that has had this zombie apocalypse for years. And he said too that it's yeah. not going to take long before they fast forward very far. So what we're, we're going to be looking at is, again, it's going to depend on at what point are they meeting Glenn, say? Are they meeting Glenn very early on in the story? And yeah, this is, he, say, he did say that Glenn's going to be early in the story. No, what I mean is very early in the actual Walking Dead comic. Because they the comic's been going on for years now. So they can fast forward right. years and we'll still have some some of the same characters that we know from now you know what I mean? That he'll be able to use for the game. But if we're talking, you know, five, ten years down the line, then we've got a continuity problem because he can't have, you know, Rick show up or, or heaven forbid, Carl show up and <laughs> Carl ain't doing so good. Hi I guys. mean, yeah, I I got you. <laughs> and get shot in the other eye. You know, <laughs> any number of things can happen. <laughs> so I think that they're going to have to be really careful with that continuity. I just ask for one thing, a black and white option. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know what's funny is that the screenshots that they put up, I mean, it's only very little, but it looks freaking awesome. But I agree with you. That actually would be very, very cool. They can do it in L.A. Noir. They can do it here. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Okay, so that's The Walking Dead in a nutshell. As we hear more, oh, trust me, folks, so will you, because we will be discussing this game at length every time we get a, just a, a nugget of information. And with any luck, I would love to get some of these guys on the show as well to discuss it, because God damn, does it ever look cool. Okay, let's touch on Heroes of New Earth, which is a game that I actually don't want to talk about. Dota, Defense of the Ancients, has been a huge gaming staple since Warcraft 3 was around. Um, and it's one of those things where you have champions, you have heroes, you have abilities, and you have an endless wave of minions that go through and you know try to push in the other person's base. Since Dota was around, many games have sprung up uh, to sort of take its place. Uh, League of Legends is one of them. Heroes of New Earth is another. It is very much inspired by and if not a direct copy of defense of the ancients in many ways um it's two teams versus each other the big news about this though is that before heroes of new earth was a paid game whereas games like league of legends was free to play heroes of new earth has just gone free to play which means that if you have a leg if you have an account you become a legacy account which gets you all the new content and everything free is if you you know just buy in the game whatever you get the special perks but now everything else is going to a uh, purchase model where you want to play the game, you want to have a new hero, you want to have new content, you're going to have to, you know, spend points. Uh, it's kind of an interesting thing because there's a lot of outrage about this because a lot of players really do like Heroes of New Earth, um, especially because it's very close to the original Dota and they're very upset about the fact that they can't bring new friends in and have them get the the legacy style accounts and they're actually going to have to, to pay for it. Um, 
It also seems that, unlike other Dota games, free accounts may be limited on actual gameplay time. And once they reach that threshold, you, they may actually be required to pay money for additional game time. There's a little <laughs> bit of a, there's a little bit of a fuzzy restriction or fuzzy details about that restriction, but in a time where Valve is developing their own version of it, um, Area Games just released Realm of the Titans. Uh, at least they're in beta phase right now, and Blizzard is making Dota too. Yeah, that might not be a good idea, there, boys. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> My yeah, God. No, you can't do that. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you want to encourage people to play as much as possible. You want to sell them different characters like League of Legends is doing, making a mint off of all of their champions. That's what you want to do. You want to get them hooked so that they're playing all the time. You certainly don't want to be restricting how much time they can play. Yeah, I have no interest in these types of games anyway. I actually, you know what, I installed and I, I played some League of Legends and I like Dota games. I really, really do. But I there's too many things with League of Legends that I'm just not digging. And so I really have not been playing that much. Not to mention the fact that I don't want to spend a freaking half hour of my life in a, this game. They need to make them faster so that you can actually, you know, get through it and, and bounce into more games if you want. But a half hour or more for a game, forget about it. Not going to happen. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's that's my biggest issue is, I mean, first of all, it's it's so much to get into with all the characters and, you know, the items and everything. But that would be a hurdle I'm willing to overcome. But just watching some of the videos of the games. And I actually enjoy watching the game. But I can picture myself sitting here for 45 minutes playing one of these games and just... Not no, it's it's not for me. It's one of those it's one of those games like, you know, like a lot of fighting games where I enjoy it as a spectator sport, but but not as participatory. <laughs> See, whereas I I love the games like I'll play. I'll gladly submit uh, 45 minutes of my time to play a League of Legends game because I like the, the PvP aspect of it, so to speak, uh, and working with the members of the team and things like that. Um, but I don't know, like Heroes of New Earth, not getting my money, that's for damn sure. I'll stick with League of Legends until uh, the Dota 2 comes out or until Blizzard's IP comes out. Okay, moving away from there now, let's talk about the other game that Joe was excited about, and that was yes. Voltron. Go ahead, yes. you're the only one excited, so go ahead. There is a Xbox Live uh, game, <laughs> in, well, for Xbox Live and PSN, uh, Voltron the video game. Uh, you will actually take on the roles of Voltron Force, fight against Robies and the evil Emperor Zarkon. The game will contain clips from the original animated series uh, in an attempt to bridge the cartoon series with the game. Um, and it's going to have like different scenes into it. Like when you discover the lions for the first time or the first time you form Voltron, you're going to get actual clips from the original TV show. Uh, the game can have up to five players teaming up in multiplayer with each one taking on the role of one of the lions. Each lion has its own strengths uh, and weaknesses, and you're going to have to work together not only in individual lion form, but when you form Voltron, everybody's going to have a slight input on, you know, what you do or what's going on. So you're going to have to work together with people to form the giant robot and use the blazing sword. I'm actually really excited about this just because the game looks like it's going to be a shit ton of fun. Um, not to mention that I'm a huge fucking Voltron nerd and it takes me back to my geek roots. But for $10 on October 25th, they're uh, they're going to get my money because it just looks like it's a ton of fun. There is gameplay video in the trailer. Um, they actually show the individual lions running around and, you know, blasting up some of Zarkon's minions. And they show the epic battle between uh, the very first Robeast and Voltron. 
So I know you guys weren't too excited about it, but God damn it, I am. <laughs> from days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender <laughs> of the universe. I fucking love Voltron, okay? I, I, it's one of those things from my childhood that... I still watch to this day. I own the DVDs in their awesome metal cases with the freaking lion heads on the front. But you won't watch Jimmy Neutron? What's the matter with you? I didn't say I wouldn't watch Jimmy Neutron. I said I hadn't watched Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> so when I first saw you know, the announcement for this game, I was like, oh, shit, you know co-op and they're, they're showing the video with the clips from the show. And I'm hearing, you know. Prince Lothar's voice in my head in, in the scenes and the, the stuff they showed with the individual lions looked pretty cool. And then they form up to form a piece of shit that kind of looks like Voltron. What the fuck? This game would have been outdated a decade ago. The, the act, the, the focal point of your game, the cool, what should be the coolest part of the game just looks like crap. And I don't care if it's a $10 downloadable game. I don't want to look at it. You know what? We are at a time where the graphics do make a difference. It's 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 not mandatory, as we've seen with a lot of games lately, where the game's, you know, freaking too deep that looks like crap, but it plays great. But it still does make a difference in terms of how much enjoyment you get out of it. I mean, when you're looking at Transformers and how awesome it looked, then this, you know, no, it shouldn't look as awesome. It's a far smaller development team, but it should still look better than what it does. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm not the graphics guy. I mean, I, I still enjoy playing older games that, that by today's standards have pretty terrible graphics. But just looking at it, like it it looks like freaking five rectangles joined together. I mean, the animation doesn't look right. It just it doesn't. I know I. Oh, God. I would be disappointed, like actually getting to that part of the game, because from what I've seen of the earlier parts where you're as the lions, that looks really cool. Like the graphics on that is good. And then comparing it to what we're seeing in, you know, the big fight scenes, the transition is what really gets me. I think there is time for that to get updated. <laughs> That's a lot I'll of wait. updating, dude. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay, with that, we're actually going to wrap up the show. The uh, There is going to be an interview with the uh, creative director for Supergiant Games, and that's going to be coming out very shortly. That's with Greg Casavin, and it, we're going to talk about Bastion. We're just waiting till he is actually going to be ready, which we still have a few minutes for. The Depending on the length of the interview, it's either going to be available by itself or as uh, part of this episode so with that i'm going oh look at he's typing as well so with that we're going to end this episode anyway everyone in the chat room you are going to want to stick around for the interview it should prove to be very interesting and i will make sure that the um the podcast is out this week as well as last week's podcast which was delayed of course because of the death in the family so with that again if you want the show notes make sure to go to forthelore.com follow me on twitter at for the lore as well. And if you have any questions or comments, for the lore at gmail.com. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Hey, oh, we got more music starting. Holy crap, I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> I'm going to let it play, anyways. Why? Because it's, my it's theme awesome. Song.
I don't even know what song it is because I'm not listening. But sure. <laughs> In fact, it's not even loud enough. Yeah, you, Roger, you might have turned that up a little too loud. The music. <laughs> not that I'm complaining because I fucking love that song. <laughs> Welcome to the all screaming edition of For the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Christ, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let me turn this out. Oh, my God. Loud. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's what you get yeah and that folks is how you start a podcast if that doesn't get you in the mood to have fun I don't know what will All right. <laughs> well, I'm already on that <laughs> okay and then the Voltron <laughs> you know what the Voltron we didn't give a rat's ass about Voltron so we didn't talk about it on Sunday <laughs> it was like let's trim some fat what can we get rid of oh Voltron and then hilarious we're talking on the comic book one about the Ultimates and the Ultimate X-Men. And remember mm-hmm. I was saying how Hank died and it stayed yeah. dead? Dude, I read that night. I'm still <laughs> reading the freaking Ultimate X-Men. That night, I read the next issue. He's alive! <laughs> I'm going, make me a liar. Two hours later, I'm, there, I'm made into a liar here. And, and I was I like... a freaking direct message on Twitter. Yeah. Hank's alive! <laughs> It was, it was funny because part of me is like, yay, Hank's alive. And then I was like, oh, hold on. This is the same crap as in all the other comic books. So you're dead. You're not dead. There's no permanence here. That's our new hangout on uh, Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. A little For the Lore watching party. Nice. Smooching internets. That's all she's doing. <laughs> that was that was in the lineup. But like, it's just a lineup of like six or seven Batmans all standing side by side. Cool. It's like Batman Incorporated. Uh, <laughs> except not terrible <laughs> we don't know yet oh and last episode no breath from Vince he made me a liar it was like no <gasps> hello <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting better about that as soon as I, I mentioned it now he's making sure <laughs> well, yeah now I'm conscious of it's, it it's on his checklist <laughs> turn off fan move clock and if those two aren't on the list they should be on the list <laughs> have the correct episode number and date I think that Jesus that was like episode two after episode <laughs> one that was on the list <laughs> I think I should make the ass monster my new Twitter avatar <laughs> do it <laughs> 20 more minutes God. 20 more minutes no no